This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. President Trump talks about UFOs. And nobody knows how to take it. And then we take a look at a particularly bizarre near-death experience. No tunnel of light, no loved ones inviting someone to the other side or telling them it's not your time. No. This man who almost died saw the multiverse itself. And it was angry. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, last week, it was supposed to be Alien Week. I was going to do a whole week of aliens. The problem is, I spent all day Monday talking about fat witches. And I do have to make, I don't often make corrections on this show. But I do have, there was a joke I told in that episode, which I didn't think was fair. I was thinking about it as I was walking home from work today. I told a joke, and I said that Wiccan magic system was the equivalent of a shoddily produced, poorly lit Lifetime movie of the week. And that is, and this is not a joke, that is actually unfair to Lifetime movies. Because a lot of Lifetime movies actually are fairly intriguing. I've seen a lot of them throughout my life. And I started, as I was walking home, I was thinking, that's really not fair because Lifetime movies, people put a lot of work into that stuff as opposed to a completely made-up magical system. So I apologize to anyone I offended who makes Lifetime movies for that joke. And I spent the whole time talking about, like, overweight, whether or not being overweight makes you more magical and all sorts of stuff. I wasn't able to do my themed week. So this week we're doing it. So we have even more alien-themed stories for you this week. I'm going to let you know, if alien, if you find aliens particularly creepy, see you next week. Because I found some of the creepiest alien stories, or and definitely the most intriguing alien stories. But not every segment's going to be about aliens, like today is actually a fairly lighthearted one. And then we're going to do another story about the multiverse. But each episode this week will contain one alien story that will send chills up your spine. So, but let's go ahead and get it started with our first story here. Now, our first story is the story of President Trump and the aliens. Now, that story sounds awesome, but it's a little, little more nuanced than that. So, and I'm going to read you the full quote, the full quote of the interview going on here. George Stephanopoulos, reporter, was interviewing President Trump, and it, it was a segment from an interview for, like, Good Morning America. Or the Today Show or something like that. And so you can tell I've done my research on this. But I did have, I did have to watch this video multiple times because I wanted to get exactly what Trump said. Because a lot of times it's the content. When, when it comes to President Trump and he's saying stuff, a lot of times you need the context. Because otherwise you just pull out a particular sentence and you're like, what in the world? And then sometimes even with the context, you're like, what in the world? But you want to have the context for this. A lot of the articles are just picking particular sentences. George Stephanopoulos asks, it's at the end of an interview, and George Stephanopoulos is ending this interview by saying, well, we don't agree on that, but I do have one more question to ask you. This is a, this is a paraphrase, but he goes, one more question to ask you. You have access to all this information, and you know all of these mysteries. 
Have you been briefed on the recent sightings of UFOs? And Trump says, this is his exact quote. I have, I have. I think it's probably, I want them to think whatever they think. They do say, I mean, I, I've seen and I've read and I've heard and I did have one very brief meeting on it, but people are saying they're seeing UFOs. Do I believe it? Not particularly. Then George Stephanopoulos asks, do you think you'd know if there was evidence of extraterrestrials? This is really cool to see this type of interview happening. This is really kind of cool. And Trump's response was, well, I think our great pilots would know. And some of them really see things that are a little bit different than in the past. So we're going to see, but we'll watch it and you'll be the first to know. Interview ends, shake hands, and so on and so forth. I can't recall. I know that, you know, there's been that tape where Reagan was like, I think sometimes the only thing that would unite humanity is a threat from beyond the stars. People always saw that as a veiled reference to aliens. I think it was just part of that thing during the Cold War. Like, the only thing that's going to get anyone to come together is an external threat. I don't think he was actually saying there were aliens out there. I, I can't recall another time and a president has been so blunt, which shouldn't surprise me that it's Trump, but I don't think I can recall a time that a president's ever been so blunt when it comes to something. Because here's the thing. Either they don't exist at all, and you, these highly trained pilots and their billions of dollars worth of equipment are wrong, which is troubling, or they exist and the President of the United States doesn't know that they exist, which is troubling. Or that they exist and the President of the United States is lying to the American public and have been lying to the American public for 50 years through a mission. They're not saying Reagan and Bush and Eisenhower didn't come out and say, yes, there's aliens floating around and we have to fight them. I know Eisenhower made some questionable comments about him as well, but it's all, it's all fairly troubling. Either it's all made up and people have wasted their entire lives looking for these things or so on and so forth. So to have a president to be so blunt and someone goes, do you believe in UFOs? And he kind of looks at him and goes, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of it. And, you know, there's been some, I am, I'm doing a big story on the Navy sighting. There's been a lot of stuff that's come out and I know we all know about that. The Navy sighting, maybe don't know about it. There was, back a couple of years ago, there was a sighting of this little tic-tac that popped up on radar and it was flying around and the fighter jet was chasing it and the fighter jet's like, what is this thing? That's really been brought to the fore, it's been leaked and it's really been brought to the forefront. I talked about it briefly a couple episodes back, but it's been brought to the forefront. I finally want to finish that sentence. Recently, and the Navy has um, is now investigating UFOs. There is a whole backstory to that that I discovered through a series of articles. There's a whole backstory to that that we'll be doing in a later episode. It's not fitting on this week because it's taking a ton of research, but you'll be surprised by the information. I was surprised by the information. There's a little teaser, little teaser for an upcoming episode, probably next week. But don't take that story on face value because I've discovered some interesting stuff about that. So we have this president and you guys are like, do that story. Don't keep doing the Trump story. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. What I think is interesting about this is you have the president of the United States saying that he doesn't believe in UFOs. And normally, they just kind of do like a wink and a nod type of thing. Like, you never know. I know John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign advisor, was really into UFOs. He really wanted to get in there and start digging through the UFOs. And Hillary Clinton made some references about wanting to get to the bottom of UFOs. So, But it's it just, it, there's a lot of interesting things to going on here. Because one, you have the president saying, I don't think they're real. You have people who supported the president who are really deep into conspiracy lore really troubled by this because he was supposed to be the guy who was going to bring out all this information and expose all of these secrets. And here's this guy saying, I don't believe in him. 
And on the flip side, you have the media going, we're supposed to disagree with Trump on everything. How do we disagree with this? And all of the articles where they talk about this, they go, but you know, also, Trump may be wrong because the Navy just opened this UFO thing, so maybe Trump doesn't know. It's basically what's making my head spin. But there, what's so, there's, the UFO thing, it's funny and it's interesting and it's, the fallout of it on both sides of the political aisle are kind of weird. And really, it's almost a non-story other than the fact that it's funny and goofy. But there's an interesting component that is not being discussed in this video. And maybe it's just me because I had to watch it 20 times to get the transcript. Body language. Now, I'm not a body language expert by any means, but body language. You have George... The, the, the interview that was pre, that hasn't been aired yet, and it was just about politics and stuff like that, so I wouldn't discuss it anyways. But you have George Stephanopoulos ending this interview with President Trump. And it starts off with him saying, well, we won't agree on that, but let me ask you another question. And Donald Trump's body language is fairly combative i don't know what they were talking about before probably something he didn't like and as george stephanopoulos is starting the question and again you're being interviewed you ha- you're being interviewed by somebody who you feel is combative towards you you have no idea what i used to be a journalist i guess i kind of still am with the show but i used to sit down and interview people all the time and you do try to come up with with sidewinders with gotcha questions so you never know what a reporter's going to ask you. Reporters and lawyers are not your friends if they want something from you. So George Stephanopoulos is starting this question and he's going, you know, you know the mysteries, you have access to this information, and Trump does not know where this question is going. And as George Stephanopoulos continues to kind of weave his way to what he wants to get to, which is UFOs, and he's like, you know, the mysteries of things, you have... Donald Trump's body language gets very, very rigid. Like, you can tell he does not want to answer whatever question is going to be asked. And once Stephanopoulos mentions UFOs, he gets a big smile on his face, his body language relaxes, and he begins. his hands are animated, and he is answering very freely and off the cuff as he does. What question was he worried about Stephanopoulos asking? The fact that Donald Trump doesn't believe in UFOs, it doesn't surprise me at all. Donald Trump doesn't seem like the type of guy who who goes off on flights of fancy of speculative stuff. My bigger question is what question was he worried about being asked about mysteries that he would have the answer to? That's what I want to hear. UFO story was funny. And it was cute and it threw everyone into a tizzy. But what made Donald Trump, what made the president of the United States so nervous that involved the mysteries of the world? But let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, our next story is really interesting. Our next story is something that I'd been wanting to cover since I heard about it, but I had to get all my ducks in a row to do it. Near-death experiences are one of those things that can never really be verified. Until they happen to you. It's one of, it's basically, it's, it's a couple levels above hearing about somebody's dream because it's related to something, you know, hearing people talk about their dreams is like probably the most torturous thing possible. When someone's like, Hey, I had this crazy dream last night, unless it really is absolutely shocking and crazy. It's usually, and I don't know why, I think there's some sort of intrinsic thing where people don't like hearing about other people's dreams because nobody likes it. It's not just me. 
The near-death experiences are kind of like that, although they are intriguing because there's something where somebody had a tragic event and then they said they saw this thing and then they're alive and you're like, well, that's an interesting thing, but it's still something that you can never really verify yourself. So I guess it's way above that. I would much rather hear near-death experiences. But not saying I want a bunch of people to die, almost die, and then come to me and tell me stories. But generally, there's a lot of similarities between them leaving your body and the tunnel of light and seeing loved ones come and either say, you know, like, it's not your time, you need to stay here, and so on and so forth. So it's not something that I, I've read a lot about when I in my youth. But at a certain point, I was like, this is all kind of the same. And then I've heard near-death experiences where people go to hell and stuff like that. But even those kind of lost their luster after a while. I'm like, you went to hell? So lame. But, I mean, I'm not... These people went through horrific events. But when I found this one, I thought, not only... This is going to be a weird one, guys. Not only is this an intriguing near-death experience, it seems oddly familiar. Oddly familiar. Let's see if you think the same thing. This is a story from a man who posted this to a website about near-death experiences. So right there you have to think maybe he's just making it up because he wants to be on this website. And he goes through the rigmarole saying, I didn't want to write this, but a friend knew about this website. He encouraged me to write this and I'm writing it. So just a disclaimer, this could all be made up. This could all be made up. It could all be fan (laughs) near-death experience fan fiction. Just a disclaimer. That being said, let's go into this. It was July 15th. You know what? Actually, I think the easiest way to do this story is I'm going to say like it is my experience. But it wasn't. So I don't want anyone to think that I experienced this in any way, shape, or form. This I'm reading this basically as if I experienced it. But this dude did. This unnamed guy did. So again, this isn't a personal story. I never experienced this. Don't think that I did, but... And it's not going to be like super dramatic reading where I was like, I sobbed, I sobbed so... It's not going to be like that. So anyways, July 15th, 2003. I was going to work. Now, by my house, on the way to work, there's an intersection that actually is quite dangerous. There's been a lot of accidents there over the years. And I knew it was dangerous. I knew it was dangerous, and I always was very careful when I was making a turn, when I was making a right-hand turn, because I knew the left lane was fairly... Hard to see, and a lot of cars got plowed into while they were making a right-hand turn. And it's just a normal four-way intersection. There's a large field to one side, neighborhoods off to the other sides, and so on and so forth. But this day, I was particularly harried because I had a very, very important business meeting I was late to, and stuff was falling through, and the whole deal was in jeopardy. So as I was approaching that intersection, the last thing I was thinking about was how dangerous it had been in the past for other people. And I go, and I make that right-hand turn, and I look, and there was a car coming right at me. It had to be going at least 90 miles an hour, at least. And it flashed in my head, I'm dead. And I saw the look on his face. I saw the look on the driver's face of the other car. That's how close he was to hitting me. I've never forgotten what that 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 man's expression was terrifying and then time lost all meaning and it's really hard to explain because it's not like it slowed down or stopped it just didn't matter didn't matter and that's when i noticed off in the field that large empty field i saw what appeared to be a water wheel so like you know those big water wheels that go you know like 
they use for mills. You know, it's a big circle with the paddles on it. Like, they're on a paddle boat, but this one, like, water hits it each time. And I'm not, ma- I'm not doing a bit here. I'm trying the best way to explain it. It's a water wheel. So, basically, the water hits the bottom of it, and it turns it. So, it hits another spoke, and it turns it, and it hits another spoke, and it's constantly turning, churning the water. It's what appears to be that. Now, I'm not saying specifically that's exactly what it was, but that's how my mind interpreted this thing. It was a water wheel, and it was off in the field. And just by looking at it, I could tell it was massive. And it was moving towards me. I'm looking at it, and it had to be at least 10 stories tall. Just this giant water wheel just moving across the field. And you go, so is the car in front of you stopped? Are the birds flying around stopped? Have you not been in the car accident? Time doesn't matter. There's neither the stop of time nor the slowdown of time. It simply doesn't exist. And this water wheel is moving across the field. And it's not a 10-story tall water wheel. It's the size of a small city. And it's on top of me now. I know what it is. I knew what it was from the moment I saw it. It, I knew when I saw it, I had seen it before I was born, and I was seeing it now that I was dying. What this was, was everything. And we've all seen it. We all saw it before we were born. We will all see it before we die. And I had a weird sense of familiarity with this alien force that I was now swept up in. It hits me. And I felt myself sucked into the paddle of one of these wheels. And in each of these wheels, the water, which is the best way I can describe it. I'm not saying that it was made of wood. It actually had a structure, but it simply was a universal force that my mind interpreted in the way a human mind would interpret these things. I am swept up into this paddle, and in this paddle is water. But the water is an ocean, and the ocean is a reality. And I realize in that moment, when I'm swept up in that paddle, what has happened. I was not supposed to die in this intersection. The universe was there to correct the mistake. I now understood everything about The next thing I know, I'm in another paddle, another universe, and I have forgotten everything I learned in the last universe. And I'm trapped in this churning mass of water. And I realize that the universe is trying to sort it out, that I was not supposed to die in this intersection, that somehow this water wheel This thing that we know of before we live, before we die, was trying to correct this. And now I understand why I'm, and the next thing I know, I'm back in another water paddle. And every time I ended up in another water paddle, I lost all knowledge previously gained from the last one. At this point, I'm panicking. Because I realize that something is wrong with reality. And every time I start to make a realization, every time I start to try to figure things out, 
and actually learn about the reality that I'm in that led me to that point in that water wheel. I'm violently thrust into the next reality and have to start the journey over again, trying to figure out what is going on. I can't, it's not like my consciousness was being destroyed each time. It was such an alien experience that I can't even really put it into words. Now, when I first go into the water wheel, I see my car destroyed. And I'm trying to figure things out, and I'm trying to put things together, exactly what's going on. And then I'm thrust into the next water wheel, and my car is destroyed. And I'm trying to see these things and trying to figure it out. But from what I can piece together with what limited fragments of memory I have left, there were parts of the water wheel that were not close to the reality that I started off in. Things seemed so different, I couldn't comprehend them. Now, around this time, which is a hard word to use in a story like this, but I realized that this multiverse, this everything, it didn't exist outside of space-time, it was a space-time, was relentless. I was an error in the programming. I was not supposed to have died. And it was based, I felt like it was giving me a choice. That I needed to pick a reality to go into to correct the error. I knew if I picked a reality where I died in that car crash, I would go into that car, I would bleed out, die, and that water wheel would come start moving across that field again. And that scared me more than anything. The idea that if I picked wrong, this whole process would start over again and I'd have to learn all these lessons again. That frightened me more than anything. So it was giving me a choice, but it wouldn't let me choose death. But I had the feeling that if I did not choose something soon, it would choose a reality for me. And who knows where that would be? Who knows where I would end up? Because it seemed that, again, can't really use this word, but the longer this process went on, the realities became less and less recognizable to what I knew. But... At some point, I started to recognize the realities again. Kind of similar. Less alien than the ones that I had gone through previously. These ones seemed right. And the next thing I knew, I was slowly driving down that road towards that intersection. Hadn't crossed it yet. No other driver, nothing. And as I came up to the stop sign, I slowly hit the brakes went to the stop sign, and waited for the other car to roar past the 90 miles an hour. There was no car. There was no other driver. I did not die that day. How many times have you almost died? Like, the weird thing is, is there have been times where I go, man, I almost died. Like, I, I think I told you this story before. Apparently, and I'm not 100% sure on this because my doctor and my mom have two different opinions, but apparently I had a heart attack when I was born and they had to bring me, they had to like do a little baby, just clear. They were like using like a nine volt battery and just poking me, licking it and then poking me in the chest. My mom says that didn't happen, but my medical reports do. I go, well, mom, maybe they didn't tell you, but she's like, I'm pretty sure they would tell me if my baby was getting like, see, like they're doing little press compressions on little Jason. But, 
there are so many times like that that may not have happened, but there are other times where I go, man, I almost died, like car accidents and things like that. And you think how many times that I didn't die, like didn't even know I was going to die. Like I'm sitting here in this chair and then like a small airplane crashes into my apartment, but it didn't happen. And I would never know it was going to happen. Does that happen? Do you almost die? I mean, you could almost die every single day. Car almost hits you. Blimp, blimp attack. Angry blimp terrorists dropping other blimps on top of you. A whole host of things. Slipping in your shower. And he remembers his whole experience. Well, not every experience, but he remembers the experience. He doesn't remember each version of the wheel, but he remembers the wheel itself for whatever reason, which almost seems like an other glitch in the system that he even remembers this happened. Does that water wheel come for us all at the end? Do, when we die, do we join the wheel? Do we go to heaven or hell? Do we join our loved ones? Do we become part of a greater universe? Or is the theory of quantum suicide, where we simply don't die, we shift to a reality where we survived that event? Is that what the water wheel does for everybody? And no one ever dies. And every time you see someone die, they're simply dying in your reality, but in another reality, they live on. Do people we see as 80 years old, 90 years old on their deathbed who pass away, do we see them older in our timeline, because that's how our brain is structured, but in their primary timeline, they're still young and healthy? They simply shift and start the learning process all over again. The water wheel may be reality itself. It may be a correcting mechanism for reality. It could be the delusion of a man. It could be a daydream. But one thing's for certain. One thing's for certain. We'll never know the answer. Because even if we figured it out, we most likely just got slotted into another dimension where we never saw the wheel itself. Just a vague, comforting memory of the time we realized death is not the end of us. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.